Welcome to Compassionately You. Here, we host conversations in vulnerability and hopes to help and motivate others. My name is Brie Luganville and I'm your host. I love to have different guests on to talk about a personal journey that they went through. Sometimes it focuses on internal growth. Sometimes it does focus on body image as well and how that affects our overall being as a person. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy Monday, everyone. This is Bree of Compassionately You. Today, I'm here with my husband, Luke Luganbell. Hey, guys. And we are really excited to talk to you about failure and compassion. And I just want to segue really quick because I find it very amusing what just <laughs> happened. So we just recorded this whole episode about for 30 minutes previously to this recording. And then we looked and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the sound quality sounds terrible. I realized I had not clicked to go onto the microphone and I'd only clicked to go onto the computer recording volume. And I've been doing that this entire podcast <laughs> since August 2018. Because we, we have a pretty nice <laughs> microphone in front of us. So I just find it really amusing that that happened and that realization happened on the failure and compassion. So just so you know, I'm trying again. hey I'm having compassion for myself. I'm not beating myself up for now. <laughs> and we're moving forward. So, so funny and hilarious. So, Luke, let me introduce my husband a little bit more now. Um, he is a high school English teacher at the Potter's House, and he is one of the directors of technologies there. And last year, he gave a speech about failure to the high school students that were graduating. So, tell us a little bit about that speech or anything else you want to cover. Sure, not a problem. Um... I really believe that failure is important for education. Um, I think that in order to learn, we have to fail. Think about learning a language, like your ABCs in, in, in your primary language. Think about your multiplication tables. You try something out, you try to pronounce a word, you try to spell something, you try to do two plus two, and you end up with five, and then a teacher corrects you and says four, and you, oh, and, you, and you've learned. Unfortunately, I feel like once we reach an older age, whether that's middle school, high school, or adult life, um, we tend to blame ourselves when we fail. And instead of taking it as an opportunity of, oh, I made a mistake, now I can learn and grow, we end up uh, just getting angry. Um, yeah. When in fact failure is a really good thing mm -hmm. um, because it teaches us how to do things better the next time. So the speech I gave, it was on failure. Um, which is kind of a sad topic for graduation, but I thought it'd be an appropriate topic. And I had the students, to start off the, uh, the speech, I, I asked the students who are graduating, please raise your hands if um, you've ever failed a test before in your, in your educational career. And every single one of them raised their hands. I go, huh, that's interesting. And then I asked them to raise their hands if they've ever failed an entire semester, a class before. 
And about 10% of them raised their hands. And I said, and look around you guys, where are you? You're at graduation. So clearly, even though you failed the test, even though you failed the class, you've learned and you've grown from that. Um, so it's okay to fail. And so then I talked about how in, in adult life, we fail all the time. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, Bree, but I'm actually, mm-hmm. I do know about you. We fail. <laughs> yeah. You and I fail. We all fail. Uh, we try things out and sometimes we don't make the mark. Um, because life is hard. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we will want to give up when yeah. we fail. Oftentimes we want to get frustrated and stop trying. But in fact, uh, we have to fail in order to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to inspire some kind of confidence in the students. Because one of the things I see a lot in my life personally and, and the people around me is, is what psychologists call learned helplessness, which sounds like a scary word, but learned helplessness is not that scary. It simply means when we've tried something out and we failed at it, we believe that we're helpless. We believe we will never, ever learn how to get it done, how to do it right. And so we give up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can unlearn that helplessness through learning the proper ways. And to give you an example of that, um, a cute little example of when I was a kindergartner, uh, Lisa Roth, my kindergarten crush. Um, I would spell my name Luke, L-U-K-E, but I could not write the, the letter K. I had a really hard time with it. So I would do my letter L, my letter U, and then I put a space, mm-hmm. and then my letter E. And then she would fill in the K for me mm-hmm. the entire year of kindergarten. That's really sweet. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> kind of sad, but sweet. Sweet too. Um, because I told myself I couldn't do it. Now, the letter K is, what, three lines, right? One line down, two lines diagonal. Mm-hmm. The letter E, I knew how to do capital E, and that was four lines. But for some reason, I told myself I will never learn how to do the letter K. And so she always filled my Ks in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's an important lesson to, to, to learn, that once I failed the first time at doing a task, I gave up. And then I didn't want to do it again. And I had, fortunately had people in my life who would help me out and, and do it for me. But by doing it for me, they actually ended up teaching me an, uh, a wrong lesson because I told myself, well, she can do it for me and I never have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't grow and learn from it until the next year when... Um, she was she, no longer in your class. Yeah, she left. by Lisa Roth. Um, oh. and, and I had to learn how to do it on my own. Oh, that's so hard. So... Yeah, I like that example. I also really like the way that you told the kids at graduation, I guess not kids, young adults, to raise their hands because and be vulnerable and look around at the rest of their classmates. And you know what? I actually think it wasn't just the young adults graduating. Other people were participating in the audience that were parents, that were... There was more people than just them participating. Yeah, because, because we, all, we all fail. <laughs> Which I think was great because it showed them too, oh my goodness, I'm not alone in this. Other adults have gone through this. Other you know, teachers that have gone through this. And that's the second component to self-compassion that I really like a lot is the common humanity. That mm. we've all been there. We might be at different routes and we have our own unique journey, but we can do this together and you're not alone in that. Yeah, I I almost feel like that's the dirty secret of education. Um, we, we preach, you know, 
do really well, get the highest grades. Um, and that's certainly true sometimes, but imagine always receiving A's, always being perfect on your test, never having to fail, never having to try to, to do something you can't do very well, mm-hmm. embarrass yourself, and then grow and learn from it. I imagine you wouldn't be very strong. Um, I really want to tell my students out there and you all who are listening that, look, life is not about receiving the high marks, the high grades. Um, life is about trying something out, receiving a low grade, working really hard and receiving a slightly higher grade. You know, mm-hmm. I'm much more impressed with the students who are failing and tried really hard and ended up with a, with a D or, or, or a C than the students who have always received A's. Um, yeah. Because what happens to the students that receive A's all the time and then they go to the next step in life. And, and they haven't learned resilience or strength yeah. and, and being embarrassed and failing and then growing from it, right? Yeah. All right. And now segueing over into, since Luke shared a failure that he had gone through in... A silly failure. <laughs> in kindergarten. Um, one that I've gone through, I always get so much anxiety when I have to drive somewhere new and it used to be just even just a 10 minute drive even with GPS I would need constant reassurance that I was going to do okay so whenever I would drive by myself ever since high school I would be talking on the phone to probably my dad or eventually Luke and like oh my gosh I don't know I don't know why I just had that That was my crutch, is driving to different places. And when I get in that mood again, I still can go there. Like I did this past week. I knew where this place was. I'd been there before, but my GPS wasn't working, which was my little crutch. And so I called not only Luke, but also my friend I was meeting there, Elise, (laughs) to be like, I think I know where this is, but I'm not sure. And it was that just that insecurity of what if I keep driving past it, which I had already driven past it once. And so now I'm on the way back. Oh, what if I drive past it again? Like, oh, this is not good. But it's okay. Like, I will eventually get there. But I think I think there's, like, more complicatedness to it. It's not, like, it's good to reach out to give, to get that affirmation and to just make sure. But then... Where's that line of reaching out to the point where you actually talking to someone on the phone trying to find it is making you miss it a third time, you know? Right, <laughs> you right, know? right, right. So it's like, what is what is the best route? And I think that's, in a bigger sense, there's really no best route to life. You're just trying your best and doing your best to a place that will be the best type of lifestyle for yourself, for your family. And again, relating with other people is great and you don't feel so alone, but it's difficult because we don't like to fail and being vulnerable is also very uncomfortable, but it also can sprout the best growth and the best understanding. Um, so speaking of, of uncomfortable then, um, oh, here we go. I, I hope it's okay. Um, 
if we talk about a little bit of our personal life and how we navigate communication. Um, mm-hmm. This is not to air out dirty laundry or anything like that, no. <laughs> but, but this is so that I can grow and hopefully our, our audience can grow um, with your understanding of self-compassion Yeah. Um, when we fail with relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope you guys know, I know the word fail can be a very extreme connotation for some. Mm. It is for me still, but I think being able to say that word over and over again actually gives it less control in a negative way over us. Sure. Our whole idea on this episode is so that people know that failure isn't wrong. Failure is a part of life, and it's actually better to keep going through it than to avoid it or to not talk about it. If you prefer the phrase, uh, miss the bullseye, right? I mean, like, I, I shot my arrow. Or, and, or made a mistake. Or made or, a mistake, sure. Or sure. even like, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm also trying to understand from that point of view, too. Mm. So. All right, so, so when... Or avoid the question. Or avoid the question. I see how it is. <laughs> so, uh, in our past years, as all couples have an issue with this, um, sometimes we communicate... Uh, and sometimes when we communicate, the wrong things come out of our mouth or the wrong things come into our ears. Sure. Um, and that's a, you know, it's not a purposeful thing necessarily. Uh, but I think talking to, to someone you're very close with, the closer you are with someone, I feel like mm-hmm. the more you take for granted uh, couching your language in niceties, the more direct you are almost. Sure. Um, and that can sometimes come across as, as rude or hurtful. Yeah, um, and yeah. so reflecting on um, how I've, I've talked to you, sometimes um, I'll, I'll say things that perhaps I've been thinking about all day in my head. So the, mm-hmm. the kindness and compassion has already kind of filtered through my head already. So when it comes out of my mouth, it, it comes off maybe perhaps rude. Or perhaps uh, I was tired that day, so I'm short with you. Or perhaps maybe you were tired that day, so yeah, and you've sure. had a lot of issues yeah. that day, so maybe you took it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we understand that our intentions are, are in the right, but uh, oftentimes when that happens, when I speak wrongly and then you, con- you correct me, um, I get really hurt when I, when I miss the mark, make a mistake, when I fail. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way because as, as an English teacher I really pride myself on clear concise language um, in our relationship I think we're really good at communicating and yet we still f- make mistakes and <laughs> we still we fail oh, that's okay. um, Either way. and that's okay so I guess what happens then is I often will uh, beat myself up mm-hmm. and not have compassion um, for myself in that regard, because again, I, I, I think it's one of my strengths. So when I fail at one of my strengths, I go, wait, what's going on here? Maybe I'm not as strong as I once thought I was mm-hmm. in this area. Um, and I'll often get very sad. And so I want to know, what are the steps do you think I should take or someone in my position should take mm-hmm. um, to forgive myself or move on instead of being so uh, down on myself? Sure. I think number one reframing the idea that you did something wrong Mm. because wrong can have such a hold on our perception of what we did like I did something wrong sometimes can translate to I did something in malice to make this person upset and I don't think when it's a communication error 
especially with someone that you're so close to and if you were trying to actually love them but to them it was not helpful Mm -hmm. it wasn't feeling like it was that knowing that you were trying like you were trying to show love and it wasn't like you were intending to do wrong right the the intent was good okay yeah okay yeah and so reframing it from that way as and then to making sure to still have space for that person's emotion and their response again making sure to communicate what you were trying to get across wasn't to hurt it was to help but also understanding at that moment that person received it in a way that did not help them it hurt them and allowing them to have that feeling and emotion and being able to have them feel comfortable to communicate that feeling and emotion to you and then three um not beating yourself up about it because you are very we're both very similar you and i are very sensitive we're very empathetic we really just want to make sure the person's okay And we can both fall into the um, sometimes perfectionist type category that, oh no, I didn't, this didn't come off how I wished it would. I did something wrong. I'm a bad person. Like, and no, like, it's okay to feel like, oh my gosh, I did, like, I feel like I'm going into that sadness, like I'm beating myself up, but not trying to do that. Um, it's so hard though. <laughs> so those are the three steps, I think. Could you rephrase those quickly then for me so that I can, uh, okay. as a teacher, sorry, I'm always yeah. rephrasing no, this, your own words. This is good. Okay. This is good. Cause as, as a talker, who knows where everything's going to be. <laughs> um, number one is remember that you didn't do anything wrong. Like your intent was not in malice. Your sure. intent was to help. Sure. Um, and so number two, remembering that that person also has a right to their feeling Mm -hmm. and their emotion, like they are going to experience and feel and make sure that they have a space to communicate that. But then number three, don't beat yourself up over what just like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if I could add a a fourth one too, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I would argue that um, it's helpful, at least for me, I don't know about for you, but yeah. to think about the situation at hand and think about, okay, um, not just the other person's feelings, but what was going on uh, situationally. You know, is, mm-hmm. it the, is that the end of the day? Was it a hard day? Because I often fail to remember, oh yeah, you've had a really hard week. Now it's not probably a good time to bring up something that's a big conversation, um, sure. especially at 10 p.m. at night. Sure. So uh, looking at the situation itself. And that's just the steps for one individual within sure. the conversation. Like the other individual, which is what I've been trying to do, if I'm the person that is the receiver, the receiver okay. is also make sure to, yes, you need to feel like you're safe to advocate the feeling. You need to make sure you know that you, the other, the, <laughs> so I'm the receiver, you're the gift. The speaker. The speaker. Sure. Um, here we go. The speaker know that that person is meaning to help. Of course, they are. They're your person that's close because to you. because they're close to you, so yeah. they must care for you. Sure. Yeah, their intention wasn't to harm. Um, 
me on the receiver end, remembering that that person's intent wasn't to harm. I understand that. Make sure I still experience that emotion of hurt and communicate it. Mm-hmm. But how am I communicating that hurt to sure. you? Sure. Am I communicating it in a way that is kind and loving? Or am I communicating it in an unkind, loving way? And that is really hard to do when you are in the moment. Yes. And we're not always going to do it well. No. And that's okay. Like, it's hard. Interpersonal communication is really, really hard. Um, And I think then the last one for me as the receiver is, if you're able to, being able to hold space for them, their emotion, which is what I think you and I have been working through this past year is even in my moment of I'm really emotional and this is what I'm feeling. Still being able to be like, Oh, Luke feels really bad and he feels really guilty that he hurt me and reminding him that it's okay. I'm don't, don't beat yourself up. Right. Usually that's mine because, um, cause we're both so similar because <laughs> then we can just both be beating ourselves up at the end of the night. And that's not helpful. And <laughs> that's not a good night. No. No. So not doing that. Um, and I think it's good to know that sometimes your communication will end in a place where we can still have a okay night or your communication might end in a, okay, our might night might not be, our night might not be the best, but at least we talked and know that we love each we other. We love each other. Yes. And that's <laughs> like, okay too. Yeah. Because emotions sometimes need time to heal. Yeah, exactly. But again, making sure each person feels like their feelings were heard is mm. extremely important. Yes. But also extremely hard. Yes. And, oh, yeah. So that's where I would say with that. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, that makes sense to me. And I'm trying to apply that to not just in a personal situation, but a situation where I've tried something maybe in my career or in a friendship or I put myself out on the line and I, and I failed. Um, remembering those, those steps I think are important in particular. I think remembering that it's just a mistake mm-hmm. and that it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll always make mistakes. Um, yeah. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe this new job is for me. Maybe it's not. Maybe learning how to fix my car is for me. Maybe it's not. Um, but not just giving up right away and getting down on myself, but instead uh, thinking compassionately. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I think that was a great end to the podcast, but is there anything else you want to say to our listeners about? Sure. I just, I just want to reiterate... Um, what I tell my students in failure and what I said earlier, which is um, when we fail, get up again, try again, even if it's hard. I think about learning how to ride a bike and could you imagine if you got it right the first time? Uh, you never fell over, you never twisted and went into a wall, you never got scared and stopped pedaling. Um, yeah, certainly you would be less covered in bruises, you'd be less covered in scrapes. Mm-hmm. Um but you wouldn't be as strong um, as you would be if you've taken the time to really learn how to how to uh, pe- get through the failures of riding a bike and eventually learn how to ride it properly. Um, so I think that failure causes strength. Mm-hmm. Failure causes resilience. But only if we remember uh, 
that it's okay and to give back up and try again. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, everyone. We hope that this conversation was thought-provoking and maybe inspired some motivation and different ways of thinking and approaching failure. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for me. All right. Take care. Bye. Happy Monday. If you'd like to learn more about today's episode, you can go to brielugenville.com slash podcast. If you'd like to join our private support group, you can find us on Facebook and search for the private group, Compassionately You. If you would like to be a guest, you can email Bree at brielugenville at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great start to your week.